This podcast is a love letter to my VAs, OBMs, and PMs out there. I see you. You started your business for the freedom. You started your business for your family. You started your business for a million other reasons that only you know. But you're stuck. And you're struggling. Well, no more. Get ready to move. Get ready to grow and learn together. We're here to work through the tech, work through the growing pains, and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. Welcome to episode 33 of the How She Did That podcast. My guest today is Shannon Miles. Shannon is an advocate for people to have a career and the flexibility they crave to keep their priorities in a healthy order. She is the CEO and co-founder of Belay, a staffing company serving businesses all over the U.S. When Shannon faced an all-too-common yet emotional decision to stay home with her new baby or return to a fast-paced, demanding career that she loved, she knew that there had to be a way to have both. And so she chose what she calls the third option. So let's go ask Shannon how she found harmony between career and family. Hey, Shannon, it is so great to have you on the How She Did That podcast today. Thank you for being here. It is an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So can you tell our audience a a little bit about you and your business? Yeah, so um, my husband, Brian, and I own Belay, which is a staffing company because it can be really difficult for growing organizations to find qualified team members, mm-hmm. um, especially in today's job market. And so we really find the best professionals to work in the capacities of virtual assistants, bookkeepers, and website specialists so that those leaders... Uh, or business owners or nonprofit leaders can really get back to doing what they're best at and what they love to do. I love that. I love that. And I think that that is something that that's the reason why most of, you know, the the demographic that listen to our show, our audience uh, started their business in the first place because they want to support business owners who are trying to get back into their zone of genius, as I like to call it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It, it, you know, you wear all the hats, right? Yes. When you're starting a business, even if it's, you know, for the listener, like starting your own business, you're still right. wearing all the hats. So I think we all can kind of understand like that's okay for seasons of time, but it's not a sustainable model for growth. Absolutely. And so it is really fun to kind of partner with organizations that know where they need to go and just need the right team members to get them there. Yes. So you have a book that I read called The Third Option, Why a Woman Doesn't Have to Choose Between a Career and Family, but Can Actually Have Both and Succeed. And as I was reading your book, I felt myself making a mental list of like all of the women and moms in my life that I needed to text and email and be like, you need to read this because (laughs) (laughs) I have so many of my friends have a desire for this third option that you speak of. And you know, they haven't named it that, but that's, that's what they have expressed to me. Those are the feelings of it. So can you start by explaining to our audience what the third option is? Yeah. First, thank you for reading it. And then thinking (laughs) of other women who need to read it too, because that's really why I wrote it. Like it's one of those things that it took me four years to actually produce. Cause I thought, who cares? It's just my story. Like 
I'm not unique. But the, the more I kind of put it off, the more convicted I became. Like, no, it actually is something that people need to see as, as possible. So right. just real briefly, this, the journey of it is in 2005, I was working for a large corporation uh, like Fortune. I think they were probably 15 at the time and thought I would retire from there, like super loved my job, had finally a- achieved the position that I wanted there. And my husband was in sales. I was in sales. We were both traveling. So we thought, man, wouldn't it be a great time to have a baby? Like, why not just do that? <laughs> While you're traveling, you know? <laughs> Cause, yeah, because we could do all the just things. throw it in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> So we had our daughter in the fall of that year and it was a bit of a complicated delivery, but she was fine. Um, and the plan was to go back to work and we had a nanny, you know, lined up and, and we did, and like, I went through the maternity leave and realized, oh, I didn't, I didn't know how much I was going to love this little baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. actually want to see her more than what was going to be possible in this job. So after a, the gift of a three-month maternity leave and then going back to work for four months, I, my husband and I realized like this was not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Something had to change. Yeah. And um, so I was able to negotiate a part-time work-from-home position with my employer thinking That's like, yeah. yeah, oh, such a, such a blessing. But I thought it was just going to be a means to an end to stay home because at that time, I only could really see you either work full time, climb the corporate ladder, keep taking on more, or you're a stay at home mom. Right. And so, but I didn't plan to stay home financially and I had all these back commissions and I thought, well, maybe I'll just do this part time thing, get paid out and then I'll stay home. But I don't, the reality was I never felt called to be a stay at home yeah. mom. Like yeah. I just, and it really I, is a calling. <laughs> Cause I really, yeah, I think that would be harder for me than the full-time thing. I just yeah. really like to work. I find a lot of my identity and mm-hmm. value in, in the work that I do. Absolutely. And so fortunately that part-time thing that I thought was going to be temporary worked for the next six years. Wow. And that's what I called my third option. Cause it was that space between the two obvious choices of full-time workers staying at home. Right. I love that. And I love that early on in your book, you expressed that it wasn't necessarily necessary to give up something in order to have a fulfilling life. Like that, Mm -hmm. that line, I was just like, yes, we, we have this either, or either it has to be that I'm working full time or, you know, it's that I'm staying home when there really is, especially in this day and age with so much technology and online everything, there are so many options that are open to us. So, and I think that so many women out there who don't feel called to be a stay-at-home moms, but who want to be more present in their, in their kids' day-to-day as they're growing up, you know, will, will understand this and will resonate with this and say like, oh, I do have other choices. So yeah. here's my next question. What, tell me what, was, what it was like when you decided that you were going to step out of your full-time job into part-time, what was that transition like? Because I'm sure it wasn't like, oh, this is all flowers and daisies and we go play in the park every day and she sleeps from 12 to 2. Oh, right. Yeah, those babies never sleep when you right. take the good sleep, right? No, it was, uh, it was difficult on a few different levels. I had to set my ego and pride aside, you know, because I had worked for years to climb the corporate ladder. So it felt a bit like a resignation. Yeah. uh, Just emotionally. So I I had to kind of work through that. 
we were very, very fortunate to have my mom and my mother-in-law watch our daughter for the 20 hours a week I was working. So that as much of a blessing as that was, um, it can be some, uh, uh, you can have some difficult conversations navigating yeah. <laughs> childcare <laughs> with family, right? <laughs> that, but it, it all worked out, you know, and they got, you know, the moms would get sick from time to time and they have to piece together childcare with babysitters or whatever, but we always figured out a way to make it work. I, I think the biggest challenge was, um, kind of feeling like I couldn't give any of it a hundred percent. Like when I was with my daughter and I, I loved being with her, like I try, it was really sometimes difficult to like be in the moment mm-hmm. with her. And this was, you know, she's 13 now. So this yeah. was way before the concepts of mindfulness and being present right. or, were like the thing, <laughs> you know, so it was this constant push and pull of when I was working, I felt like I should have been with her. And then when I was with her, I felt like I should be working. Mm-hmm. So I really had to figure out how to establish boundaries. Yes. Yeah. And write down schedules and and try to get some sense of order because just when you get that nap schedule down, they get a cold or right. get another tooth and it just <laughs> the call that you had planned is like, no, that's actually not gonna happen right now. <laughs> you know? So it but for all of the challenges, it really did give me a sense of I think this is my version of having it all. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I really was able to achieve the best of both worlds. Right. I love that. So I know that you and your husband really, really worked hard at getting your debt down so that you could choose this third option. I feel like a lot of people, another reason why they stay in their nine to five or don't feel like they have an option is because of finances. Um, even if they're not in debt, it's just figuring out the finances to make it work, how to make it work in their, in their household and the numbers. So can you walk us through that journey of how you were able to, number one, pay down the debt and number two, figure out the space in, in order for you to be able to say yes to this option. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm not asked about that very often on podcast Aww. interviews, but that, I mean, that's a very intuitive insight. So that really did enable me to be able to pursue this. And I understand the financial constraints, mm-hmm. you know, they're real, you yeah. know, you can't just not pay your bills. Right. Right. But um, we had a lot of college debt. We went to a private liberal arts college in Ohio. In our <laughs> I'm parents- raising my hand here with you. <laughs> oh, golly, it was expensive. Would I have done it again? I don't know. Um, but we did. And, I, you know, there's a lot of reasons why it was a great education. But our parents couldn't afford mm-hmm. to pay for college. And so Brian and I walked out of there with like $50,000 worth of debt. Mm-hmm. In just college loans alone, not to mention all the credit card debt. So it was a lot. And, you know, we overspent when we were young and we got married when I was 19. We were really young. Wow. Yeah. Um, And dug a a pretty significant financial hole for ourselves. And um, I think it it was about $80,000 worth of debt that once we realized, okay, finances are the source of our arguments Mm -hmm. and we've become a slave to all these lenders. Like we've got to make a change. And so for our journey personally, it started with a very simple concept of give first. So tithing for Mm -hmm. us. Um, Some people can give charitably or whatever, Um, save second and then live on the rest. Yes. And it seems almost counter. Actually, we first started tithing when my, my husband was laid off from his job and we tithed on his unemployment check. Wow. Like that's how serious we were. Like, cause what <laughs> we were doing yeah. wasn't working. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's so a huge like, leap of faith, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was our journey. And, um, in a relatively short period of time, we were able to get out of debt and just have our mortgage. Mm-hmm. And, 
um, it did allow some more options to open up for us. Um, even to the point of years down the road, leaving that corporation and Brian and I both quit our jobs at the same time to start Belay. Yeah. We wouldn't have been able to do that had we not shored up our finances, started saving in our retirements and, and really took control of, of our finances. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So let's talk about Belay um, because I think it's awesome that you and your husband both quit your jobs at the same time to start this new company. So can you tell us more about Belay and how you are helping women be able to choose that third option uh, by through your company? Absolutely. So all the, the original journey started in 2005 when Rainey was born and then just kept working until through the birth of our second child, um, Harper, in 2008. And in 2010, Brian and I were both sort of reaching a crossroads in our careers. And we had always talked about having our own business. And we thought, well, maybe this is the time. But it was the middle <laughs> of the recession. <laughs> and Perfect time. <laughs> why not? Yeah, just like, like, why not have a baby? Why not start a company? It sounds like a great idea. Quit your jobs. Lose your health care. Um, but it was actually the perfect time in hindsight because unemployment was really high and organizations still needed help and people still needed jobs, but it just couldn't be done in the traditional way at large scale like it had been before. And right around that time, the whole concept of virtual assistant started to become a topic of conversation through Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week, which that model, if you remember, like that was all overseas. So it was Guatemala, (laughs) India, you know, Thailand, which works for some people, but didn't actually work for the the segment of the market that we were hoping to target. Mm -hmm. And so we decided just to take the concept, double down on relationship and intentional matching and dedicated support and started the company in 2010 in the summer. And yeah, like you said, gave notice to our employers on the same day, October 1st, we cashed in our 401ks (laughs) to use as the seed funding for the business. And we were all in December 1st, uh, 2010. And it really was a, a model, a business model built around the concept of the third option, because especially in the beginning, it was all part time team members who work from their homes. A lot of them were stay-at-home moms who wanted to re-enter the workforce, but really weren't sure how to do that. Yeah. And it started, you know, just real organically through, through people that we knew or word of mouth and, and has grown to over 750 team members now. Wow. Eight years later. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. And I love that that's an option within an option. Like I think a lot of uh, virtual assistants and online business managers, when they first get into the market, they feel like they know what they know their skill set, but then also creating this business on top of it, like may not be in their wheelhouse. You know, they may want to work from home, but they may not want to own a business. And so being able to work with another company is a great option that can be sustainable for them and that can give them that work from home without, you know, being full, full blown business owners themselves. That's exactly right. And a lot of our, our contractors do have their own businesses Mm -hmm. and work that they do outside of Belay, which is, is awesome. That's the beauty of being a contractor, but that, that is not for everybody, right? right? Like not everybody wants to establish their own business, find their own clients, do all of their marketing, handle the billing. Like, 
organizations like ours are great to partner with because it takes a lot of that oversight and guesswork out yes. of just being able to do what you love and do what right. you're really good at, which yeah. is you know the work of being a virtual assistant or a bookkeeper. Absolutely. So yeah. can you tell us what's the one thing our audience can do this week if they're feeling a pull towards the third option and they want to start preparing to make it a reality? Give yourself a deadline. Ooh, yes. Put a self-imposed deadline that you hold yourself to out there. And it doesn't mean that you have to have all of your questions answered or all of your research completed. But I think sometimes we can get caught in a space of indecision mm -hmm. and we can analyze, like there's almost so many options now. It's like, okay, how do I know that this is the right one for me? But it, but if we put a time frame around it, it forces some type of action in the direction we want to head. Yes. And what I didn't mention is in that corporate job, when I went part-time, nobody else on my team was doing that. It was a really big, they could have just said, no, you're done. Right. <laughs> but, but I think now, all these years later, corporations are becoming more and more open to the concept of working from home or crafting part-time positions for people who need that in their season of life. But it's only until we ask. Mm -hmm. It's only until we're bold enough to say, here's what I would like to achieve. Here's how it would benefit you. And here's how it would benefit me. And setting some time parameters around that, that mm -hmm. I, I think that's when the action toward a third option can start. Perfect. And can you tell us about the quiz that you'll be sharing with our audience? Yes. It's how to know if the third option is right for you because let's be honest, finances are a thing, right? Yes. We talked about this. <laughs> sometimes you got to get your money right before you <laughs> take a big leap like that. Um, sometimes, uh, it, you know, when I talk about the third option, it is a lot around remote working. I don't think working from home is for everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. so it's, it's just, it's just some questions around kind of distilling down, like, is this the right option for me? Or maybe is there something else that I could pursue that would make more sense for how I work, where I get my energy and fulfillment and what I'm best at. Yeah. Perfect. And where can our audience find you online and in social media? So, um, Instagram is my favorite platform. Mine too. So <laughs> it just makes sense. It's easy. It's fun. It's playful. Um, so at Shannon K miles, uh, on Instagram. And then if anybody's interested in the company, we're at belay solutions.com. Uh, so we couldn't get that belay.com domain. Aww. We're going to try. I know, right? It's some rock climbing gym in Oregon. If anybody Aww. knows anybody. I'm still working on getting how she did that.com. I, I put in uh, a bid and they were like, no. <laughs> but, uh, thank you so much for being here and talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Do you know what services you want to offer and who you want to offer them to? but need some guidance on the how of setting up the systems that will create a seamless experience for both you and your clients. Don't let the overwhelm of getting set up stop you from starting a virtual support business that you love. Head to thelaunchguild.com forward slash bizbasics to learn more about my four-part training that eliminates the fluff and walks you through how to set up your business's most crucial systems. Wow your clients from beginning to end using the tools, templates, and workflows that I use in my own business. Check out this four-part training at thelaunchguild.com forward slash biz with a Z basics.